It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with the meh, Ryan and Jules. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan and with me as always is the woman who puts the gal in Galavant, however, <laughs> certainly not the virgin in Jane the Virgin, is my friend Jules. Hey, Jules. High five and Chris the Pacific. That was well done, Ryan. I take, I take my hipster fedora off to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Get your waitresses and try the steak. Oh, I'm going with the, the veal parmigiana. Uh, hello, oh, everyone. Nice. Tanaka, Tanaka. Uh, hope you watch, you listen to last week's podcast, and you're all up with Tanaka. That's all I ask of you. That's all you ever have to do is know what I mean when I say Tanaka. Um, uh-huh. But don't shake hands with the Tanaka. That's all I. Can or say. do who knows? Mm, yeah, just wear a wear a smock. <laughs> uh, we're back with another couple of, I suppose, comedies this week. It's been a bit comedy-centric here at TV Ginwag, which, given that a year ago I wasn't watching any TV comedies, um, I think except Portlandia, um, I've come a long way, Ryan, and thank you for bringing me. You sure have. <laughs> Sometimes I go a long way to come, but that's another story. Um, Whoa! Oh. Tanaka, naka. <laughs> tanaka, tanaka. Um, but, yes, uh, there's some amazing comedy out there, and I do thank Mr Curtis here for introducing me to most of it, dragging me screaming. Screaming to things where I go, no, that sounds terrible. Oh my god, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So, <laughs> um, again, I think so. Last last uh, episode, we talked about man seeking woman and Shit's Creek. Um, today, Jane the Virgin and Gallivant. It's yeah, it's a veritable chuckle fest on television at the moment. Well, let's 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 temper that. Uh, chuckling uh, with these ones, uh, if I do say so myself. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, we did disagree last week too. I thought Shit's Creek was uh, up the proverbial. So um, now, did you? Sorry, I, I, now to harken back, but Shit's Creek, did you put it on par with something like the the average sitcom, or do you at least give it a little bit more than that? I think with Shit's Creek. So if you're talking about your sort of average net work like say um you know your 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 stupid uh, how i met your mother or you know those those do you lump them in with that do you do, you do that it's hard oh, it's hard because i think this is more committed to being a comedy like the, the those network comedies are often so bland that you can leave them on which many people do because they're they're innocuous, they're beige. So, whereas this is a comedy that demands you be laughing, like it's a comedy. Yeah. It's there to make you laugh. And if, in as in my case, I just didn't connect with a sense of humour, I can't leave it on because it's it's just there to be a comedy, and it's not beige. It doesn't blend into the wallpaper. It's it's slapping me metaphorically across the face with its multiple Japanese penis monster pe- no. tentacles. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I, I I wouldn't put it on a par because I think it's 
it's committing to being a comedy in a way that those network comedies often don't. It just happens to be one where I didn't connect with a sense of humour. I could slag it off and tell you why I thought it was bad, but I don't think that's the point. The point is I just wasn't going to find this style of humour funny no matter what it was about and how it was done. So, And, uh, and you, you, you and I disagreed the same thing about um, The League, and yeah. The League, which I'm stupid for, and you were like, mm-hmm. no, it's not, not that great. Yeah. It's like it's like trying to argue with someone why they don't like the taste of um, what do you call it cilantro? Like it's either right. you like it or you don't like it. It's not about its its quality as as a as a herb product. It's about. I just feel like if you gave cilantro just a, another chance, you know, and had it had it served right, you, you might come around to that. Yeah, no, oh, I happen to. Have you them. ever met those people that think that toothpaste tastes like root beer, or root beer tastes like toothpaste? Rather, we don't have root beer in Australia, so no. Right, that would be too weird. Sure, you have a root beer. It's a Fosters, huh? Enough of them Fosters, and you'll be rooting. No one in Australia drinks Fosters. It's an export product. Nobody also does any rooting. Uh, well, we do a lot of that. I don't think that happens. Don't you? No. Okay. I won't disabuse you of that strange perception about Australia. <laughs> One thing I know about Down Under is they don't. They don't have sex. Why do you think it's called Down Under, mate? Ah, oh, well, I got it. We all live, okay, we all live permanently with our beer goggles on. <laughs> Can we um, break into song? We, well, you want to start with Gallivant? Do you want to start with some news first, I guess? Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything hot off the press. I mean, we've got shows coming back from uh, longish hiatuses, uh, New pilots coming up. Ryan Murphy, he of uh, Nip Tuck and Glee and American Horror Stories, got a new horror comedy coming up called Scream Queens. Um, I have no idea what that's going to be like. I have a strange relationship with Ryan Murphy. I think everyone does. I watched all six seasons of Nip Tuck. From the good, the bad to the ugly. I watched the first couple of seasons of Glee. I thought American Horror Story was going to be the show of my heart and I don't like it. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what Scream Queens does because it's uh, horror-esque. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it, which is, you know, like up there with Japanese penis monsters for me. So um, that will be interesting. Uh, Glee obviously is, is finishing up its final season at the moment. Um, I believe American Horror Story is coming back for another season. Um, he's an interesting creator. Uh, tends to be a bit of either you love him or you hate him or he sucks you into thinking you love him and then you decide he's evil uh, and you hate him. (laughs) So we will see what Scream Queens brings. Um, Another creator who's on fire at the moment is ex-Supernatural writer and showrunner Sarah Gamble. Left Supernatural at the end of season seven and she's... Just finished, so coming up soon, I think in April, and I want to say NBC, but I could be wrong, is a series called Aquarius, starring David Duchovny, who's also an EP on the series, as a detective who goes undercover back uh, in the early 70s uh, into what turns out to be connected to the Manson cult and the Manson murders. So sort of a period piece um crime thriller, which I really can't wait for because I think it will be amazing. She's also done a pilot for a series um, on the Lee uh, 
Lev Grossman books The Magicians, which he filmed recently around New Orleans. Uh, that's just a pilot for sci-fi at the moment. And just been announced uh, that she's on board with... Uh, Greg Belanti, he of Arrow and The Flash and Batgirl uh, for a series which is not related to superheroes, thing called You, uh, which I don't know much about. But um, good on Sarah Gamble for having uh, lots of projects happening at the moment and I can't wait, particularly for Aquarius, and I'm sure that will be a show we review. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like she's keeping... Are really busy and across genres too, which is 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 great to see. And, and both of the certainly Aquarius and the Magicians project, she's both uh, been very passionate about the um, the content of. Uh, tweeted a lot when she was filming the the pilot for the Magicians down in New Orleans, and yeah, exciting. I think a, a, a creative and slightly twisted mind, which is good to see people like that making television. Um, I think that's about all for the moment. Walking Dead started again this week. Uh, I think we've got another... Oh, one thing we didn't mention last week we should have is I have a Indiegogo account uh, going and <gasps> I'm raising funds to help support a feature film, or actually it's a short film, uh, that I am directing, actually. It's tell us, a, tell um, us what this film is called. It's a character study. It's called The Weirdo Hero, and it's a character study about a young professional wrestler whom... After winning the title um, match and earning the belt, still finds himself um, in a depressive state and dealing with depression. Uh, We follow a young guy named uh, Ravenous Randy Myers after he wins the title and basically how he he gets through life and how he copes and some coping mechanisms. It's more to show how depression can get someone down and can can bring them down even even though they're at the highlight of their life it uh you get dragged down so it's it's important it's got an important message uh, you know depression awareness it's not something you need to be ashamed about or hide that it happens to people uh, who are in their prime and who are in their youth and who have everything going for them and it can happen to anyone and being aware that it's happening to you is very important um, it's about suicide prevention. You know, it's never an answer, and uh, we talk about that in the movie. We show that, um, and we follow Randy through his daily life and going to work and all the stuff that gets on him. And um, it's going to be an interesting movie, and we're really looking forward to it. We need help. We're trying to raise ninety eight hundred dollars, which seems like, gosh, seems like an impossible amount right now. But we've just started. Today's the first day, and. Uh, well, by the time you hear this, we're going to be probably close to being done. So please, if you can spare some money, um, it's going to go to a good cause. We're going to do a really cool, fun... It, it is a comedy, believe it or not, a comedy <laughs> drama. And uh, your money will go to a good cause of putting the word out there that um, you know depression is something that can't be ignored and needs to be dealt with and treated. So please help us support. Go to theweirdohero.com. You can send us an email to theweirdohero at gmail.com. Support our Indiegogo account. And uh, if you if you did, please let me know that you watched the, or listened to the podcast. And I'll make sure you get an extra special shout out there. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll fun. tweet out the links from um, all our Twitter and, and Facebook's accounts so you can find it. It reminds me, Ryan, many years ago I read... Um, autobiography of Greg Laganus, the multi-gold winning American diver and about his struggle mm. with um, depression during a time when, you know, on the face of it, 
he you would have thought he was the luckiest guy on earth you know he was winning gold sure. medals back you know uh, he was fated he was on uh, you know he was on every TV show he was America's golden boy and you know l- to read then that what was going on for him day to day was so you know every day was a struggle to get through and I think it um, stories like this really uh, you know, make people realise how insidious it is, and that you can't just judge whether what's going on for someone by you look at them and think, oh, well, they've got everything in their life because really, achievements and money and and all those things—that's the terrible thing. Depression does is take away the value of those to to someone, and you know they can't make your life better. So yeah, uh, and it's good to be doing it with humour as well. Um, you know, some people like to watch dramas and and moving th- stories and and but i think you know humor's got a way of making um making people relax and feel more comfortable about watching stories about topics that that can be both confronting and also moving as well so um and 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 yeah and we have that in there we also have pro wrestling mm. so that's fun that's that's fantastic fun so if you like guys with their tops off so, Ryan, you're appear- appealing basically to people who don't give a shit about depression but like a bit of eye candy. Those two. Yep. All get in there. We're- Your money spends. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should do an insert on the previous podcast too just to mention it to people. All right. Let's I, do that. I think because it's good to get the word out and um, hopefully people who listen to this podcast will, will pop in and uh, toss a few bucks your way to get it made because these things, uh, even if a lot of people volunteering their time, they still there's still things that cost money when you're making a movie. There are, unfortunately, you know, and it, we have a lot of people volunteering time. We have, you know, our DP is uh, he's fantastic. He's amazing. I've done work with him in the past. He's coming in. He's volunteering his own time. This is a guy that probably charges you know five thousand dollars a day to do movies, and he's doing it for nothing. You know, um, my camera operator, oh, sorry, I can't be here tomorrow because I just got called to, to go do a commercial in Barcelona. Wow. Um, you know, he's a world-class filmmaker, and he's volunteering his time. You know, everyone, the set dresser, the the person that's doing our um, our uh, pr- production, their production manager, uh, Cynthia, you know, she comes with 25 years experience in project management and business degree and all these sorts of things, and all these people are on board to donate their time. So it's amazing. It's wonderful. But there are certain things that we just can't get away without paying, and that's why we need some help, because my pockets, unfortunately, just aren't that deep. Well, they are. They're just empty. <laughs> well, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, they're empty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Thanks. Thanks, Jules. Yeah, get on board, everyone. Get on board. Get on board. Get on board the train. Oh, I- See, I thought this is where we broke into song. Quite possibly. Uh, let's go into talking about our first TV series this week, which is a Galavant. I have travelled long and far to seek your favour. Four months ago, my peaceful kingdom of Valencia. I'm sorry, what is that smell? That'd be me. My father used to tell stories of your skill in battle, your heroism. Is there a question in there somewhere? What happened to you? I want to shoot him with the crossbow I want to stab him in the eye I want to liberate his head from his neck And the pump the bloody wreck sky high 
Sorry, I got distracted. I just know Caravan's going to show up here and ruin my wedding day, Gareth. Tonight, you will join me in my bed. You're going to do it. Yes. And by doing it, I mean sex. Got it. Right. Now, Jules, <laughs> yes. I watched Galavant, and let me tell you, I didn't really care much for it at all. Why was that, Ryan? Let me set up. Well, let, let me just set up for people who haven't who haven't seen Galavant. It was an ABC show that, and um, then they aired it as two half hour episodes, the eight episodes, which they aired over four four weeks. It's a musical comedy uh, set in oldie times when. Um, there were knights and things in an imaginary land and uh, the hero, uh, Sir Gallivant, his girlfriend is kidnapped by the evil King Richard, uh, the gorgeous Madalena, although once she's kidnapped she decides she actually would like to be queen and uh, fuck Gallivant, she doesn't really care, but he ends up going on a quest for various reasons to uh, rescue her. Um, probably the one of the most well-known uh, actors in it is Timothy Odmanson, who plays the evil King Richard. Uh, there were a number of um, amazing uh, or wonderful guests in it, from John Stamos, Weirdad Yankovic, Ricky Gervais, Rutger Hauer. Um, I adored it. I thought it was funny and light, uh, good light humour, a little bit naughty here and there. And it sort of took me back to oh, back in back in my youth, decades in the deep past that, that was. We used to have um, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night, and yeah, and course, we would have yeah. various show, different shows that would be part of the wonderful world of Disney. It sort of reminded me of that. In sort of, it mm. is a show the whole family could watch. Um, the older people in the room can laugh at the fact that there's a wizard called Xanax. Um, and the songs were sort of catchy. It's, uh, you know, there's pirates whose boats are stranded inland and there's silliness uh, uh, and it's a love story and um, it's hilarious. Um Ooh, hilarious! Uh, well, look it it made me it made me feel lighter about life. How's that? It's not. Well, look, last week we talked. Are you sure that wasn't just the Xanax? <laughs> you know, last week we talked about man seeking woman, and it, it's a different yeah. league than that. This is light, yeah. and I mean light in terms of this is not going to break your brain. It's not going to oh, challenge God, no. you. It's no. not the wittiest thing you've ever seen. But there is, I thought there were some lovely performances. Probably central to it was um, Timothy Odmanson and Vinnie Jones, who people know as always, he plays the baddie. You know, he's like he's like the the, right. the mobster in Greg Ritchie movies. He's currently playing a, a baddie on Arrow at the moment. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And he's he's the uh, offsider, if you like, or the the knight who looks after the king. Uh, their their banter together was, was hilarious. That was funny. I, the, I did like those two guys. They were great. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's more than – I was going to say inoffensive in terms of – but it's more than that. It is – I did find it – uh, yeah, it's like it's like a tin of tomato soup and some nice toast on a Sunday night. <laughs> Com comfort uh, uh, comforting yeah. and comforting and enjoyable. Yeah, it certainly is not apologetic for its lightness. It's not trying to be anything different. Um, it's a musical, so people need to be aware of that. There's a <laughs> lot of singing. 
Uh, I um, hilariously. But they're funny songs. I mean, they're not. They're not bad. Uh, I hilariously had a friend who hates musicals who was like, "Watch the first episode," and she's like, "Is there singing in every episode?" I'm like, "Yes." She's like, "Can I fast forward between it?" And I'm like, "Well, the episodes then would be six minutes long, but you know, feel free." <laughs> I'm sorry, it is a mu- There's two or three musical numbers per. Um, Per episode, so yeah, yeah, you- and they're not they're not sappy and salt. I mean, they're funny. They they're trying to be funny at least. Um, Christopher Leonard's uh, one of the composers on Supernatural does uh, some of the music here. Oh, uh, which who's, is pretty cool. who's also I have to say doing amazing work on Agent Carter at the moment uh, oh, with, cool. with a forties uh, fifties era soundtrack. There, uh, very uh, talented composer. So um, very cool. We'll have to watch that. Uh, you should. It's on our list to review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why didn't you like it? Is it you don't like musicals? Is it you just a ha- no, no, hateful person? It, or? I, I mean, I don't really like musicals, but um, it was fine. It was just, you know, of all the things I could be watching, I didn't feel like that was the best use of my time. I didn't think it was, quote unquote, funny. You know, there wasn't anything where I was like, oh my goodness. It was all like, uh-huh, mm, okay, and then... Mm. I didn't sit there with a, a scowl on my face or anything, but it was just beige you know and 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 you know off-white um timothy Amundsen is awesome you know i think he's he's so talented and so funny um i've worked with the guy before in the past and you know he's really proud of this of this show um and he should be he's done a great job and they've all done a great job uh it's beautifully filmed and and everything like that it's just I don't know it, it's it's fine it's it's like spam a lot if spam a lot wasn't really funny <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's quest Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail in the parts that aren't the jokes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Look, I'm, I, I would I would fantastic. agree. No, no, I'm I'm not taking that even as an insult because this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't Python esque humor. Nope. This is uh, mm-hmm. uh, comes ABC from a different humor. tradition. It almost reminds me of Danny Kaye musicals. I'm not familiar with it. Okay, well, obviously you're. Uh, your history in musical theatre leaves something to be desired. But for those who do know I Danny, hope so. <laughs> Danny K musicals, uh, very much in in that sort of vein. Um, yeah, look, there. I I would I love the fact that this has been on television. I I can only support these sort of you know shows that do something a bit different. Now you could say, well, we've had Glee for however many years now, six years. Um, this, this is from the same family, but different, different creature. Half-hour show, of course. Uh, I hope they make another season. Um, I hope people make a, a comedy musical western show. I hope, you know, I just... These are light, happy shows. As I said, they are truly a show the family, whole family can watch. Um and I mean that in everyone will get something different out of it. Uh, the songs are catchy. Um, and as I said, I just think it's a, it's a nice little bit of comfort food on a, on a Sunday night. Um, there's some, some funny things in the first episode, like when um, um, Timothy Olmerson's character kidnaps the woman and puts her up in the tower, the princess, and he comes up to her and he says... Um, I, I guess your prince isn't coming for you or something, princess, but tonight we will be wed. And I don't care after the wedding, you know, we're going to we're gonna go to bed. We're totally going to do it. And she's like, uh-huh. Like, we're not going to sit there and open gifts. We're, we're going to be doing it. Doing it. She's like, yeah. 
He's like, well, maybe we'll open a few gifts. But after that, <laughs> we're totally doing it. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the rider is, the rider is, now, you know, when I say doing it, you mean, you know, I mean sex. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I think there's, you know, and as it goes on, we have Rutger Hauer, for God's sake, turns up as Timothy Odmondson's evil older brother. Like, uh-huh. how can you not adore that? Um it's yeah. I I just think there's there's lots of lots of funny bits. I mean, to say the- now it's yeah, it's on ABC, so I'm sure it's got a lot of people watching it. Um, I think it'll probably have a lot of the Once Upon a Time fans probably watching it. Um, I can see it getting another life on on Netflix after the fact when it goes on there. Um, you know, it's there's nothing bad here. There's nothing no, no. insulting. I don't feel dumber for watching it. It's just. I, I want something funnier. I want something sure. way more, way more edgier than than what I'm seeing here. Well, look, I think that you know that brings up something we've we've talked about before. Now, you and I might be a bit, um, well, we are a bit odd, Ryan, but uh, I think everyone in this day and age has looks at the opportunity cost of television. If I spend half an hour watching this, what am I not watching? half an hour off. Now you and I watch so, a hell of a lot yeah. of television, even more even more since we've been podcasting. Um yeah. and so I often say to people, you know, that oh it was fine enough, but you know, it's not going to stay on my dance card because if I keep watching this, then I will maybe not have room for the next good show or I won't be able to watch this every week. And you make those judgments. I think this is um as you said, whether it's on TV or on Netflix, um you know, if you're babysitting, you, you've you, you've got some ten year olds over, or you know, you're stuck at a family birthday. I don't know. It's the sort of thing you would put on, and it's you don't even have to give it your full attention to be entertained. Um, and that's yeah, and that's and actually people of all ages can like it. Yeah, it, that's not a criticism of it because I think it, it. And I talked last week about you know comedies that were very beige and sort of so innocuous you leave them on, like How I Met Your Mother or Two and a Half Men. Well, that's a bit more mm. obnoxious. Um, this isn't that. What I mean though is. It's so good. I think it's so good at what it's doing in the terms of this light entertainment. You get that without having to, you know, you don't have to take it out on a dinner date to, you know, and commit to it to enjoy it. You can have it on. You can be sitting around chatting and engaging with it and being entertained. And I think that's that's good, clever television and there's a place for that. Uh, you can be updating your Pinterest or something while you're doing it and still have a good time. Um, that that's not a it's not a criticism that it's not a show that you don't not every show has to be something you need to you know sit in a darkened room and give you full attention to and and yeah, and then yeah. you know go into group therapy to and and a, do a critical literature course to work out what it's talking about so um, if particularly if you like anything musical watch Gallivant if you don't like anything musical don't watch Gallivant. Um, and if you want some light entertainment and someone's dumped the kids on you, watch Caliphate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> I think I've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all possible scenarios. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if you're bored or, yeah, if, you, if you're if you at your, your mother's for the weekend and you guys want to watch something, it's perfect for that. But I don't know. As a straight dude that's uh, likes sword and sandals kind of knights in shining armor kind of movies, eh, it's fine. It's something. 
There you go. There's a quote for the cover of the DVDs. It's something, says TV Jim. I would, um, if you like Timothy Odmanson, and who doesn't, uh, it is worth watching purely for his – like fast forward through everything except when he's on screen and you will not be sad because he just chews up the screen. You can feel his delight in playing this role in every moment. Like, And I love that when you know an actor is just so into what they're doing. He, he's it's yeah you just feel happy he's fantastic you yeah. you feel happy watching him being happy about playing this <laughs> true yeah he's great tim's awesome so there you go gallivant if you would like to you should gallivant shall uh, anyway gallivant over and watch gallivant um it's finished now obviously i assume it will be turning up on netflix or something soon What's our next show? I'll tell you what our next show is. Jules, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. The next show is a television show that's an American adaptation of a, I want to say, Brazilian show. Does that sound right? Brazilian no, Venezuelan. Venezuelan show called Jane the Virgin. This fall, Jane, when you lose your virginity, you can't ever go back. Jane made a promise. Stop! We should stop! You've been dating for two years and you haven't boned. But sometimes life... You're pregnant. But I've never had sex! ...makes a surprise delivery. I accidentally inseminated you two weeks ago. You what? I'm not ready to be a mom. You have become the best part of my life, and this will be the best part of your life, too. Jane the Virgin. Series premiere coming this fall to The CW. Now, this is a show that's on the CW Network, Jules. I don't the know if CW? you know any shows. Is that a network? The CW Network. Is that, yeah. a, is that like a proper proper network? It's not one of your yeah, cardboard handmade networks. Yeah, it was called, it used to be called the WB. Mm-hmm. WBUPN. Merged what in- the heck is Jane the Virgin about? This sounds like it would be a terrible show, Jules. Doesn't it? Like, I tell you what, I think I think that's what everyone in the world <laughs> said when they heard the title. Um, right. <laughs> a little bit of background, because I was interested, uh, because I heard that it was based on this um, Venezuelan and, and a genre of TV shows from Central and South America known as telenovelas, which I'd heard the term bandied around a lot and I didn't really know what it meant. Uh-huh. Basically, they're soap operas that have a limited run. So rather than being your... Days of Our Lives or whatever soap opera that goes on for a million years, they run for a year or two years. So they tell, they're like a novel, they tell a story, but in form they are very much like what we generally call a soap opera. So that's a... Look at you doing research. Well, I've always... I've heard the term bandied around a lot. Yeah. I, no, I agree, yeah. Uh, I didn't know what it meant either. And so there was a Venezuelan telenovela uh, called uh, Final of Virgin. That's my terrible Spanish accent. Um, but, yeah, so I'm like, why is this on the CW? Why is it called Chain the Virgin? The premise <laughs> is that a young woman, and, and the American version is set in Miami, the primarily Latino-Latina cast. Uh, she's a, a, there's a young woman. I think she's meant to be in her early 20s. Early 20s. Early, yeah. early 20s. And uh, she goes along for a... Um, medical checkup and one one thing leads to another and she accidentally gets artificially inseminated and becomes pregnant uh now at this point you're thinking oh my god this like 
how can this even work? Um, she decides to keep the child. Well, you see, Jules, how this works. Is <laughs> when a woman and, and, a, and a sponge love each other, they get together in a very special way. Now, the sponge excretes something and the woman has an... You know what? This is a longer story. Let's just let's just watch sure. the version and we'll understand. Um, and Dean, and then Jules, we understand. understand. We understand what happened to James. Um, so yeah, she becomes pregnant. It turns out that the guy whose sperm it was, which was meant to go to his wife, is the brother of the doctor who made the mistake inseminating her. Through various things happened. He and his wife split up. Jane ends up falling in love. Or, and and he falls in love with her, um, uh, Raphael, and then there's her mother and her grandmother, and there's Raphael's crazy uh, family, uh, who are mo- uh, hotel moguls who who own a big uh, hotel down there, and the various shenanigans of basically everyone. Uh, now, Ryan, I think you and I were both on the same page of like, why would we even like? even look at this uh, i was interested because a number of high profile tv reviewers like alan seppenwall and dan feinberg had uh, ab- done the obligatory contractually obliged i will watch the first three episodes of this because i have to review it because it's right. my job and returned raving about this show and i thought oh you know okay uh it then went on and um gina rodriguez who plays the titular uh, Jane the Virgin won an Emmy for her role. Now, the, the CW's not even ever been in the same room as an Emmy. In fact, Emmys usually, mm-hmm. you know, catch the first bus out of town when the CW's around. So this is a huge coup for the CW. And that, I think... Well, especially considering, you know, there's another woman on the television who probably could have deserved it a little bit more on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh. Which one? <laughs> what? Um, a Canadian one? Oh, well, I guess she'd be on BBC America in the United States. Oh, um, Tatiana. Yeah, Tatiana. Tatiana Maslany. Oh, yeah, sorry. You got me with the sci-fi channel thing. Um, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Space Channel in Canada. Yes, uh, internet, where I come from. Um, Orphan Black for everyone. Orphan Black for everyone who thinks, what the fuck are they talking about? Look, we can argue about that. But anyway, we've both watched this now. Um, I've watched the first eight episodes. Ryan's watched the first couple of episodes. What did you think, Ryan? I liked it. I thought it was a great <laughs> show. I, I actually only watched the first episode. Okay. I'm sorry, Jules. I know we wa- were supposed to watch more. I've been very, very busy. But what a great show. What a, It's just fun and happy and, and a, a great feeling. Again, this this show, and and I wanted to say about our last week's show, which was Men Seeking Woman, they have a taste that leaves on my tongue that reminds me of Pushing Daisy. Yes, yes. Good one. And this one, because it has a, an, a, a, a voiceover Narrator, guy yeah. that tells the story, a narrator. Um, what a great story. And, and just uh, so Jane is so sweet, and her, her mom and her grandma are so funny, and they're so funny. <laughs> um, I love it. Now, I, this is very Latino-based or Latina-based, the Latin lifestyle, which, of course, I'm even further away than you, I think, Jules, because I don't, I don't come from that background. I've never really uh, been around that, so it's cool to see that. Um, everybody's very well connected, which is, you know, a little bit on the nose. I thought 
you know, the doctor being the brother of the guy who's she's so secretly in love with, but not, you know, that who's also her boss that buys the hotel that she works at, that sort of thing. It was a little bit too on the nose, but... That's the world of soap operas and telenovelas, though, where, you know, everyone turns out to be your secret uh, half-cousin. <laughs> sure, about... I'm not a fan of that. That's, yeah. I guess that's why, you know, it's a bit... Yeah. Um, but cool, yeah, great, um, funny. I would, I would definitely keep watching it. I don't know if I will, just because I don't have a lot of time, but um, I think it's cute. And actually, a family friend of mine... Uh, actually, my wife's, um, Jim, who is probably listening right now, Jim. Hi, Jim. Jellyby Jim. You know who you are. Um, he said, oh, have you watched Jane the Virgin? It's hilarious. And he's, you know, a 60-year-old white guy in Canada, the furthest thing from Jane the Virgin there is. He's like, it's a great show. You've got to watch it. So, you know, when it comes like that, it, it really makes you think, well, they must be doing something special. And I really, I really feel like they are. They've knocked it out of the park with this. Well, yeah, I mean, for one thing, it's really rare to have, and it's interesting you mentioned Pushing Daisies because that's one of the few sort of hour-long comedies, you know, we're right. very used to, and you and I have reviewed now some excellent half-hour comedies, whether they're fall in the sitcom category or not, but it's very rare to have hour-long shows that are, you know, based around humour. Um, I think, you know, and I was thinking what, a few things this does it ha really well. It has the narrator who who is he's excellent. It has a little thing where it puts different bits of text up on the screen uh, with little bits of extra information, uh, either about characters or situations, which are often also hilarious. It moves along very quickly and, again, you... Although it's complex in terms of everyone's relationships and what's going on, the narrator sort of reminds you in a non uh, non boring way of sort of what's happened and sets up the next scene or the next joke. So it almost takes out the need for exposition and boring bits by having the narrator go, "Oh, you will remember in the last episodes that uh, Jane hid the thing behind the thing, and now we find us finding it again." And you can go straight yeah. to the juicy part. And that's what keeps it, I think, light and um, um, takes it out of sort of a soap opera territory where you always have to – you have the big expositions and monologues and blah, blah, blah. The narrator means that we can just get over the boring shit and go – I like that, yeah. Uh, it often uses uh, either montages or flashbacks in a very light, funny way too to set things up, uh, both to remind you or to set up the next joke. Um, I think the writing is 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 razor sharp. It's it's very good. All the characters, who are as they are in soap operas, e extreme in one way or the other. You know, the evil evil plotting characters are evil and plotting. Um, uh, are still have enough you know dimension to them that um, you sort of you you either like them or or you engage with them. Um, it is ridiculous in terms of it, it, it's almost although it's not doing it, it's taking what it does in telling its own story seriously. It, it, it's because it distills down those sort of soap opera tropes. So you have, as you said, you know, the brother of the doctor who accidentally inseminates Jane is the donor of the sperm. Uh, his sister, the accidental inseminator, is actually having an affair with her stepmother, who's Raphael's mother. And so there's all these weird... Wait, what? Haven't you caught up with that? No. no. So say that again. So the doctor, who's the one who accidentally... Yeah. She's having an affair with her stepmother. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
No, she was she was the lesbian that was married, right? Yeah. Can I tell you a lesbian married joke? Sure. Two lesbians named Rachel walk into a wedding cake shop and they're going to order their wedding cake. And uh, they go to the man and they tell him, this is for our wedding. And he's like, you two are getting married? And he's, they say yes. And he's like, forget it. I'll never make you a wedding cake. And they're totally insulted. And they say, excuse me, sir. Are you not making a wedding cake because you don't agree with same-sex marriage? And he says, no, I cannot support inter-Rachel marriage. Because they were both named Rachel, you see? Oh, Dad, that is a dad joke if ever I've heard Thanks, one. Reddit. <laughs> Thanks, Reddit. Reddit. Thanks, Reddit. Thanks for the great joke. Oh, I'm going to put that on Reddit right now. I'm going to say I just pulled this joke on my podcast. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, oh, there funny. you go. That would probably fit in with Jane the Virgin. And then you've got her mother yeah. who's uh, divorced. Divorce is separated from, from Jane's father, but he's sort of still around and they, they have this sort of on again, off again attraction. He wants to be part of Jane's life. The mother doesn't is dating someone else, but the like it's it's classic soap opera stuff. I think one of the things that's But not done not done in shitty soap opera stuff. No. You and I wouldn't be interested in that at all. No, and these characters are all like there's something about the people making this show who they love they love these characters and that comes through. Jane is a wonderful, like, it's a really heavy storyline to give a young woman in her 20s. She gets artificially inseminated, uh, you know, is keeping the baby. How do you make that into a comedy? And also how do you sell the character making various decisions? So um, all that, and I think, you know, that's the reason that, um, that's the reason that Gina Rodriguez got the Emmy is because she she is a she's a, a a playing a character who's a good person who has her beliefs that uh you know in fact that she still doesn't want to have uh, she had promised her grandmother who only ever speaks spanish uh that she wouldn't have sex before marriage so she will it continues to uphold that even as her relationship with uh rafael you know gets hotter uh, and th- and that's played out very sweetly as well with the grandmother showing her with the flower and then Okay, Jane, take the flower. Now crumple up the flower. <laughs> now try to make the flower whole again. You see, you can't. It scares her into. Well, it's also about her love, her love for her grandmother. And later down right. the track, sort of around episode eight, there's something else that Jane uh, decides to do, which has big consequences for her, and it's entirely motivated by love for her grandmother and, and not because her grandmother right. has asked her to do something. But, again, it's she, she honours this woman who came, came to the country as an illegal immigrant, who's still illegal, by the way, and that actually plays out really nicely in, in looking at some of those issues that, you know, a community where there are always going to be a number of people whose legal status is, is either they're illegal or it's doubtful, and so how that how that influences your life again without it being didactic or you know let's make a statement about immigration um but just as part of your life that you know gee so the grandmother gets upset when jane's mother gets a parking ticket because she immediately thinks that's going to bring uh you know the eyes of the police upon us and that could reveal the fact that even though i've been here 50 years i'm an illegal immigrant um Mm -hmm. it's got heart i know that's sort of a cliche thing to say but you know that the people making the show love these characters they're not they're not making fun of these characters they actually really love them and that comes through in it even the even the evil characters um 
And and again, it's a, a bit like we, I, I would say with Gallivant, it's a, it's a show that will make you feel lighter about life watching it. There's always a moment. It mightn't make you laugh out loud, but there's lots of moments where you'll smile. It's sweet mm-hmm. without being schmaltzy, I think. It's mm-hmm. a fine mm-hmm. line for me. I, yeah. I run a mile from a lifetime movie type schmaltz, but I think there's something genuinely uh, you know, sweet, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd dub this as delightful in a in a without that sort of sarcastic tone, which I can't keep out of my voice because I'm not delightful. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a real surprise, isn't it? It's. Um, it, I think it was sweet. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that I was going to like it. I mean, it it really isn't meant for me. It's not meant for middle aged white guys. But uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was sweet and. Um, well done, well played, and and I guess I'm a little racist. <laughs> That's always a great way to start. Yeah, right. Best okay, where are you? Date. Where I guess are you I'm a going little racist. with that? Um, I, a few of the characters I couldn't tell apart. Um, you know, the middle aged uh, Latinas. I I wasn't sure who was who. If it was, is it her mom? Was it the doctor? Was you've it only the watched one. Wife? You've only watched one episode though. So I, I've I, only watched. One I episode. don't think that's like you could watch one episode of Game of Thrones and not know who anyone was. I've watched uh, <laughs> 40 episodes of Game of Thrones. I don't know who yeah. anyone is. So I, I will, and I'm not excusing what possibly could be your racism, but I think it also may be that you haven't watched enough episodes to know who everyone is. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that, Jules. Yeah, so nice. I'm not quite sure why I'm defending you in that way, but I do think uh, as you watch more episodes, <laughs> uh, and as I said, the narrator's good with that. So anytime there is sort of, not that it's a huge ensemble cast, but it is an ensemble cast, Um there's a n- nice little reminders about who who is who, um, so yeah, I really liked it. Uh, again, not sure I would keep watching purely because on the list of things I've got to watch, it uh, it's probably not high enough up the scale of things. But I would pimp it out to people who I think would enjoy it and watch it ongoing. Um, you know, I think the name in some ways is going to put people off watching it because you're going to think it's some sort of crass American frat boy comedy about a virgin or something. Um, so once you get over that and find out what the... I think probably winning a, a, an Emmy will probably help with that. Or, uh, yeah, it was an Emmy. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah, right? yeah. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, um, it certainly deserves to be watched. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix once this mm-hmm. season finishes, which is soon. Uh, and mm-hmm. I hope lots of people catch up with it. Definitely, again, a different format, a uh, different sort of style of uh, of show. Uh, I think the CW will be thrilled that they took a risk because there's no doubt it was a risk. No, absolutely it was, yeah. Even for the name. Well, I mean, it was it was a mitigated risk. It was a successful show in another country that they decided to make in America. So. But I think they really knocked it out of the park. Who's the showrunner of this? Do you know? I, I apologize. I don't actually know the developer here. Uh, well, um, it's got a number of names attached to it, so. I, I want to know who the actual person is developed by... Um, Jeannie Schneider Ehrman, I'm going to guess. Um, you know, whoever it is that brought this here, God, they, they've just done a really great job. Now, I haven't seen the Venezuelan version, but I can't imagine it's as mature, well-rounded, well-thought-out. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe I'm, I'm talking out of school here, but... 
Jeez, what a really, really interesting and and well done product, if you can call it that. I mean, it, it is. It's on a it's on a network, but it uh, it just is well, really well done. They need to pat themselves on the back. They certainly do, and I think it also because like sorry, uh, harkening back to what we talked about last week, it could so easily have gone the other oh, way. Oh sure, it could so easily have been. Stupid sitcom, Cari- dumb caricatures. It could have been both, you know, yeah. racist caricatures. It could have been, you know, uh, you know, lo- lots of, you know, sort of, as I said, crass frat boy comedies about being a virgin and being pregnant. Um, all those things. It's none of those things. Um, interestingly, I think um, there was an article in, I don't know if it was Variety or The Hollywood Reporter a couple of days ago about increasing diversity on television. I don't think they actually mentioned Jane the Virgin. They were particularly talking about um, shows like Empire, which has a, a almost entirely black cast, which has been doing, mm-hmm. which comes from... More power. Yeah, uh, yeah um, but Empire particularly, which has come from... Uh, Chandra Rhymes and has actually been increasing like it had this huge premiere uh, rated through the roof and it's been increasing every week um, and hmm. you know the and the message which I think is a bit premature because Hollywood's not going to change overnight was that you know look diversity sells um, but what I think Jane the Virgin is showing is that look there's uh, and as you said we're um, middle-aged, middle-class white people watching it, um, and we're loving it. And I am sure there would be uh, a lot of Latina people who would be watching this from a totally different perspective and in- enjoying right, yes. things that reflect their culture. Obviously, so we've got um, Jane's family, who's actually very working class, and contrasted with the uh, the hotel. Uh, owning family of Raphael, and I'm sure between both of them, people are seeing various bits of uh, their culture reflected in a way they haven't before. There's quite a bit of Spanish speaking on the show, which is subtitled, um, and you know, I think I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it's great to see on the CW, uh, and and maybe you know, it's interesting. So I think I think maybe the CW is one of the places that had a schedule just in the enough stability and good rating things that it could take a risk on a show like this and it certainly was a risk and as you say whoever saw its potential like I, I can't imagine the meetings you would have had saying so there's this yeah. Venezuelan telenovela about a pregnant virgin mm-hmm. like how did anyone mm-hmm. actually let you stay in the room after those sentences how did you convince someone well I'll tell you why it's because the the showrunner was Jenny Jenny Schneider Ehrman. Um, she was the executive producer of Emily Owens MD. I don't know if you watched Emily. No, Owens another 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 CW show. Um, she comes from Gilmore Girls, Men in Trees, Lipstick Jungle, Nine Hundred Two One Zero. So she's been around. She knows what she's doing. Um, well, I noticed one of the other EPs on it is Ben Silverman, who actually, speaking of sort of related shows, worked on, if you remember, Ugly Betty, which was also another show based on a telenovela, mm-hmm. which did huge mm-hmm. things uh, on ABC for a couple – well, actually, let me have a look – four years. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you couldn't turn around without bumping into stuff from um, Ugly Betty for a couple of years. So, obviously, he had some chops behind him in this sort of adaptation of a – telenovela into the you know for an american audience so that probably helped um help people not kick them out of the room after the the first couple first couple of sentences so um but you know look i i think it's great again i would um be happy to see more shows 
in this in this style because it's a a new genre if you like it's it's a soap opera it's a comedy uh it's got broad obviously broad appeal i would say in terms of age range uh and um obviously ethnicity from our uh, perspective um so yeah Let's go for it, everyone. Give Jane the Virgin a go. 13 episodes in the first season, so you'll be able to catch up easily. She's probably not going to let you give her a go, though. I'm just saying. Well, well, it depends how you define virginity, of course. Oh, that's true. If it's in the butt, it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Or if I don't have a penis, maybe it doesn't count. (laughs) However, if you're a Japanese penis monster, it definitely counts, even if it's just a back massage. How did we get onto talking about that? What? Because you're obsessed with Tanaka. 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 Um, but yeah, look, another uh, another surprise and delightful um, show to watch. Now you're you're probably not going to keep it in your repertoire. No, you look, I've I'm really heavily booked at the moment with shows that we aren't even reviewing that I'm keeping watching. <laughs> um, True. And so, yes, like I'm, I'm heavily committed to Shondaland at the moment between Empire, How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. I mean, that's three hours a week just on those shows. That we're not watching. That we're not reviewing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's like my leisure time shows, plus Walking Dead and Supernatural and The Arrow and, mm-hmm. and, and a number mm-hmm. of um, other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's all those comedies you've Portlandia. got, Portlandia and Man Seeking Woman mm-hmm. and Broad City. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Luckily, Top Chef's just finished, so that's a little space in my schedule. And Better Call Saul. I'm better. Oh, which we will be reviewing eventually. Well, right? we better. I think we should put that on the rotation soon. Although, God, it's depressing. Do we not have it? Jeez, we don't. Do I don't think we do. What's depressing? Oh, better, the show? Have you watched it yet? I watched the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of found it really sad. <laughs> Uh, oh, like melancholy? Yeah. Or like sad, like, oh, they're making a really no, shitty show? No, 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 as in it's a good so- no. show, but it's giving me feels. Um, we w- I want to talk about Book of Negroes is one of the other ones, I- which is another CBC show that needs to be reviewed. Sure. That was a miniseries, so- am I right? Yeah, oh, sorry, they don't it's call them miniseries anymore. It's event television. Yeah, I think they're calling it a miniseries. Oh, okay. Um, That's probably because you're Canadian. And then... Book of Negroes and then Agent Carter yes. we need to watch. Yep. Uh, this will be on the next swath of stuff. Um, and then, oh, uh, Mo- Mozart in the Jungle. Okay. And Ascension. We talked about watching those. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. Before that, we talked about Mad Dogs and 12 Monkeys. So we got lots of stuff <laughs> that we're going to be watching here. We better get on it. Okay, we better get on and all. I don't know how I'm supposed to produce a, t- a, a, a short film and direct it and do all this other stuff. Yeah, and then but. there's that TV show you work on that I watch as well, so. Yeah, and there's also a TV show I'm writing. But you know what, let's not talk about that. <laughs> hey, look, if you can just forward me all the episodes of Supernatural you can have access to, then that'll release my time to watch more things for TV Chinwag. You know, i got to be honest. You wouldn't enjoy them as much as when they air, and I can tell you that for a fact because I watch, I watch director's cuts and I watch you know the first network cuts. They're nowhere near. I mean, it's like night and day between watching that and watching the one that airs. Okay, it's so much better after the fact. I wouldn't want it to ruin it for you. Thank you. I'm glad you're looking up. You're welcome. Glad you're looking after me. Um... You're welcome. 
Okay, everyone. We will be... Tanaka. Tanaka. We'll be back. Uh, don't forget to support Weirdo Hero. Yes, thank you very much. TheWeirdoHero.com. Please, we need your help. Great. Okay, okay. that's the end, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin. Thanks for listening to TV Chinwag. <laughs>